Good evening. Hope everybody's doing well today on this fabulous and beautiful Wednesday uh, evening. And uh, trust everybody's had a good day today. And uh, uh, glad we can all get together and, and meet this evening. And I uh, hold on here, trying to get something pulled up here so we can get ready for our lesson. But uh, I do hope everybody's doing well, and uh, Sharon just put on a prayer of concern. Be sure to put your prayer request on there. Uh, be sure to daily pray for me. I am, uh, uh, this virus that I have is really kicking my tail, and uh, it's very, uh, uh, I am still struggling to be able to eat anything, and uh, still in a lot of pain, so uh, I have moments of thinking, oh, I'm getting over this, and then it, uh, uh, smacks me right back down again, so uh, I'm not real sure how tonight's going to go, but I will do the very best that I can. Uh, I apologize in advance, but I uh, hope you'll understand, and uh, just, like I say, just keep me in your prayers. But um, I am um, trying to think. I was going to tell you something. My mind went blank. Well, let's go ahead and look at our uh, Bible verse uh, this evening. We're going to look at... Uh, uh, James chapter 1, 2 through 3 is our Bible verse uh, this evening, so be sure if you got your Bibles handy or iPads or iPhones or whatever it is you use, to be sure and bring those up, So, uh, or you can just read along right here, whatever's, whatever is easiest. So It says, count it all joy, my brothers, when, we, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And as me, Pappy always says, bless this reading and the hearing of it to our hearts. Now, uh, let's, uh, again, if you have any prayer concerns, be sure and uh, uh, put those in the comments section. If I don't get to them in time, uh, of course, you can put them out there. We can all just come together and pray in unison uh, for whatever it is that's uh, going on. Uh, but uh, Sharon, like I said, she has some unspoken prayer concerns, so let's definitely be praying uh, for that. And uh, let's pray for Robert Penix. Uh, sadly, he lost his father yesterday, so uh, our heart goes out to uh, Robert and his family, and uh, we'll be sure to be praying for him. Uh, Hoover Smith just lost his mother last week, and, and so, you know, we just a uh, lot, uh, lot of death going on right now, and uh, doesn't make anything easier uh, with... Uh, uh, with everything that's going on right now in the world and uh, so it makes for a very stressful time so uh, let's definitely be praying for these individuals and uh, like I say there's always um, uh, always feel bags I know that people send me prayer requests and and I don't always uh, uh, remember them all uh, when I uh, do uh, do prayer uh, Bandy says uh, unspoken Miss man will definitely be doing that and uh, but I again don't don't get your feelings hurt if I if I um, uh, do not mention uh, a prayer request you sent me uh, it's not that it's uh, I'm minimizing uh, your concern uh, in any way shape form or fashion uh, just unfortunately just my, my, my mind will not allow me to remember it all, so I apologize. But uh, David Feather said prayers for a friend who was positive for the virus, and my wife, she has vertigo. Yes, David, we'll definitely be praying uh, for Linda and your friend. Uh, there are several, uh, I've seen several uh, posts uh, of individuals who, either, who are either have it or know someone close to them who is fighting 
this COVID. In fact, one woman had on there talking about her husband. Uh, she's really worried and concerned because of his breathing, uh, his uh, inability uh, to get up out of bed, and so uh, she's really, really worried about him. And uh, I know there's a couple of households I can think of right now who uh, their whole family has it, uh, and they're really concerned as, as you know, as which they should be. But uh, uh, Martin Leffer says, watch you from Concord, North Carolina. Well, thank you, Mr. Leffer, and I'm glad you're able to watch uh, so far away. I'll be honest with you, I don't have a clue where that's at. I really don't. I don't don't know. I don't I don't travel much. Dad could probably tell you in a heartbeat where it's at, but I, I don't know where that is. But let's go ahead and have a word of prayer. And Father Lord, we just thank you, love you, and praise you. Uh, Lord, thank you for all that you do for us. Thank you for your grace, uh, your mercy, your love. Uh, your joy, your peace overflowing. Uh, Lord, I just want to lift up uh, these uh, unspoken requests uh, from Bandy and from Sharon. Uh, Lord, you know the hearts and minds and the concerns uh, that you will be done in those situations. Uh, Lord, I pray you be in Mr. David Feathers. Uh, Lord, I pray you be with his friend that has been diagnosed uh, with this virus. Uh, his wife, uh, who's battling this vertigo, uh, that you bring healing upon her. Uh, Lord, I pray you be with uh, the families uh, uh, that uh, I had mentioned uh, that are battling uh, this virus, and that you'll bring healing and comfort on these individuals. Uh, Lord, I pray you be with Robert Penix, and Lord, I know he's having a difficult time, and Lord, I pray you bring, give him strength and give him peace, and Lord, help him to uh, endure and to persevere. Lord, I pray that you'll be with his wife, Kim, that you bring healing upon her. And Lord, I pray that you be with Wendy Lee, and I pray that you be with Rhonda Thelma Thompson. I pray that you be with Mr. Roger Winters. Uh, Lord, I pray that um, uh, you'll be with Mr. Uh, Hoover. Uh, Lord, that you'll be with him and give him comfort as well. Uh, Lord, I just pray that uh, you'll be with all the concerns, whether mentioned or unmentioned. And Lord, uh, you know uh, the hearts and minds of all those who are watching. Uh, and who have those uh, very special concerns and battles that they're dealing with, that you will uplift them and that you will encourage them, and that your presence be known and felt, that your strength will fill them and sustain them. Lord, we thank you, we love you, and praise you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, I'll, uh, um, oh, I'm sorry, uh, Debbie Beeson, uh, sorry, just saw this, uh, said that she's still looking, praying for a living kidney donor. Yes, Debbie, we'll definitely be praying uh, for that and that you will find a match and uh, that can uh, assist you. Uh, Kay Taylor says prayers for cousin who fell off uh, fell off a waterfall. Oh, goodness, is not is not on life support. Okay, so we'll definitely, definitely be praying uh, for those two situations there, ladies. We definitely will. Thank you uh, for those comments and uh, all those who are uh, watching on social media, uh, you please all those who are typing in here, and if there's more as I'm speaking, uh, I won't address I won't address any more comments till at the end of uh, uh, the message. Uh, but uh, feel free to talk amongst yourselves or uh, to pray for those concerns uh, that you see there. So, uh, as far as uh, announcement goes, I can't really think of anything specific. Uh, we will have, uh, of course. Uh, Sunday morning uh, service uh, from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. And Dr. Vicky will be bringing the morning service. And then, of course, I'll be doing the uh, evening online service at 6 o'clock uh, this Sunday evening. So uh, be sure and uh, tune into that. I do sincerely apologize for uh, not uh, being able to do uh, uh, Sunday evening service. Uh, Dad, you know, a lot of times if I'm not uh, doing well, he'll fill in for me. And uh, 
but he had to do a uh, funeral Sunday, so he was unable to do this. We had to had to cancel uh, service Sunday evening, so I apologize for that. But uh, uh, so I, I think you all understand, and I appreciate your kindness and uh, in regards to that. Uh, uh, but uh, if you will, let's go ahead and look at our Bibles this this evening. Sorry to say this morning. That wouldn't work too good, would it? But uh, it's Hebrews chapter 11, verses 4 through 6. So if you have that uh, available and handy to you, feel, please feel free uh, to look that up. And again, I'll bring up these slides so in case you're in a position where you can't look that up, you can read along, okay? So uh, Hebrews 11, 4 through 6 says... By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts, and through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God, and without faith it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Praise God for his mighty word this evening. And uh, let's go ahead and have another quick word of prayer. And then we will now, and uh, then we'll dive into to God's word this evening. Uh, dear Father, Lord, again we just come before you and praise your holy name. Uh, Lord, I pray that uh, you give me the strength and the ability and the knowledge and the wisdom to carry out tonight's teaching. Lord, I pray that you will guide us and lead us and let this good word go out, uh, that it will edify those who are listening and that you will equip them. Most importantly, that it will glorify you. And Lord, let us constantly uh, be on uh, on continual growth, uh, that we're never satisfied, we never have enough of you, and that we continually want more. And Lord, we thank you, we love you, and praise you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. But uh, yeah, if you're just tuning in, we're looking at Hebrews chapter 11, verses 4 through 6. And no, this isn't Magnum P.I. I know that I look like Magnum. Uh, you know, I, I can't help that I'm as good looking as Tom Selleck. I know, it's it's hard to believe. But uh, so, but uh, I instead you've heard of Magnum P.I., I am Matthias S.I., SI is spiritual investigator. So my dad came up with that many years ago, and I thought that was pretty cool, pretty, pretty catchy. All right, so you know, as we were reading here in um, verse four, by faith Abel offered God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. Now um, we read um, in verse eleven one through three uh, last Wednesday, but specifically when we look at verse one here. It says, "Now faith is is the assurance of things hoped for." The conviction of things not seen. And so uh, when we look at faith, see what uh, the author here of Hebrews uh, is talking about is um, uh, the great men of faith, uh, those who, uh, who, who stayed the course and done and kept their eyes on Christ. And, you know, we see uh, Cain and Abel here. We're going to read a little more about that in just a second, uh, that Abel uh, had that faith and, uh, and that's why he gave a more acceptable sacrifice 
to God, and that's why it was accepted, uh, and why Cain's was rejected. And so, and then we'll read on here how Enoch, he walked with God and then was no more. So, uh, you know, we kind of see one who died for his faith, and then one who was taken, you know, who did not have to die for his faith, you know. And, and we see that really along the around the world, uh, those who are having to give their very lives, maybe even tortured uh, for their faith in Jesus Christ. And those of us here in the United States, we're very blessed, and we're very fortunate to live in a land uh, where we really don't uh, see any any physical uh, persecution. We may hear it uh, uh, verbal, uh, you know, or we may endure some uh, some heat on social media. But in comparison to other parts of the world, we really uh, we are very fortunate uh, that we don't face the kind of things that they are are doing. But one main thing that we can look at here when we look at these passages is that uh, there is encouragement, uh, there is hope uh, for us to endure and to persevere no matter what we're going through, no matter what we're seeing, no matter what the trials we have to face, uh, God gives us that ability to endure. You know, and last time we spoke, you know, of course I was talking about when it comes to endurance and relating that to uh, jogging and running. And that's something I've enjoyed for a good majority of my life. Uh, I've really enjoyed it, and it's it's been uh, quite depressing uh, to be unable uh, to enjoy uh, getting out and go for a good run like I used to enjoy it because of uh, physical limitations. And uh, but that's one thing you know. My dad he used to race uh, bicycles, and uh, he's won several medals. Even uh, went up against uh, uh, Olympians, and uh, I still I've have vague memories. Of course, I was very young when he was. Still racing, but I do have vague memories of him doing that. And I remember him his, his racing bicycle on that leather seat. How in the world he endured that leather seat? I have no idea. That just uh, uh, he, he better man than me. But uh, you know, but it takes endurance. You know, when you're doing something physical like it, it takes endurance. You have to push yourself. And when the muscles get tight, when they feel strained, when you feel like you can get air in your lungs, you're able to pull down deep and to keep pushing forward. And see, that's what we're able to do as Christians when things get tough, when, when things we don't feel like we can draw another breath, we don't think we can go on. That's when God gives us the strength we need when we need it to help us to endure, to persevere, to keep pushing, to keep fighting, to find a strength that is not our own that helps us to endure those difficult times. And that's what we're seeing here uh, in these passages, that ability to endure and to persevere. Now, when looking here at Cain and Abel, let's look at Genesis chapter 4, uh, 1 through 15. I think it bears... I think it's important uh, that we read this in relation to this passage. So if you have your, your Bibles handy, and we're going to look at Genesis 4, 1 through 15. So let me bring this slide up here. Genesis 4, verse 1. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again, she bore his, his brother Abel, now Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain a worker of the ground. In the, in the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. Cain spoke to Abel and his brother, and when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother, and Abel killed him. 
The Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel, your brother? He said, Do I not know do I I do not know am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. And now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened up its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it shall no longer yield to you its strength. You shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, you have driven me today away from the ground, and from your face I shall be hidden. I shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. And whoever finds me will kill me. Then the Lord said to him, Not so. If anyone kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord put a mark on Cain, lest any who found him should attack him. All right. Now, I know it was far more reading than I uh, normally like to do when we read a passage, but I, I felt that uh, for the sake uh, of our study this evening that it, it bared importance uh, to read this. Now, there are a couple of things going on here. Uh, there was... Um, uh, obviously the first form of worship here and you know you may wonder well how did Cain uh, you know how did he know maybe that uh, he was doing wrong maybe he thought he was doing the right thing you know I know we, we don't the Bible's not giving us the specifics here but I think that God may have revealed to them at one point in time the proper sacrifice and of course we know that uh, the sacrifice of animals uh, is a um, and that's one you know we saw you know we, we have read you know how the Old Testament uh, priest you know they had that the, the sacrifice the shedding of blood to cover sins which the foreshadowing of what Jesus Christ was going to do on the cross so it may have you know God may have revealed to them hey this is what is required uh, in order to um, to have the proper sacrifice and so Abel gave the proper sacrifice in the shedding of blood but Cain just gave a measly ear of corn or something that aspect aspect and he wasn't giving out of his uh, fullness of his heart and out of humility but here's the thing even even if he was uh, misunderstood maybe misunderstood something or maybe he uh, he didn't know any better okay let's put it that way we see here all right that when the Lord said to Cain why are you angry why is your face fallen okay if you do well, will you not be accepted? So in other words, I feel like God was trying to give him another chance or the opportunity to do things right, to do things better. Say, so okay, you know, he may have been giving him the benefit of the doubt, but he was giving him another opportunity to give the proper sacrifice. And still he, he refused to do it and, and took it a step further and killed his brother because of his, his jealousy, because of his anger, because of his pride, he killed his, his brother. Now, when you we read this, I know that the um, uh, uh, there are some theories. Uh, of course, of course, we're looking at some uh, kind of a little bit off the wall uh, ideas that maybe some of the Jews and and the Hebrews might have had uh, at this particular time when this was being written. There were some theories floating around, uh, or legends, or stories, if you will, floating around uh, what led up uh, to the murder uh, of Abel. As some have said that every time that uh, Eve gave birth, she gave birth to twins. And so that brother and that sister would be set up in marriage. I know, and that is really gross <laughs> to think about marrying your sister. All right, that was just, uh, ooh. All right, but, you know, the, obviously uh, they had to, I don't know, I don't even want to get into that. But anyway, 
biblical times, those kind of times were different today. There was reasons, and maybe the DNA wasn't quite like it is. Now, I don't know. I don't want to get into all the science of it all, but you know, I know the first thought is, ugh. <laughs> but uh, and then, but the, the legend goes that uh, Adam wanted to change it up. And so instead of the, the twin sister marrying the twin brother, that he wanted to give Cain's twin sister to Abel uh, in marriage. And that's what uh, uh, set him off and made him uh, really angry. And, uh, and so when God accepted his sacrifice, that he looked for uh, Abel while he was sleeping, and he took a head, uh, a, head a, a boulder, and smashed uh, his head in. And he was carrying him around on his back and um, didn't know what to do with him. And then uh, he saw a, a bird kill another bird. He was digging uh, a hole uh, with its beak. And he said, well, I'm, I'm not smarter than a bird. And that's how he knew to, to bury uh, Abel. Uh, another legend uh, has it that uh, obviously that uh, there had been no, no murders or no deaths up to this point. So how would he know how to, to act upon these kind of feelings? And it was uh, said that uh, Satan appeared to Cain in a dream and explained to him and showed him how to uh, uh, to murder uh, Abel, and that's how it came about. Another uh, legend has it that uh, uh, Cain was over uh, all uh, everything that's on the land, and uh, Abel was over everything that was living or moving, and that there come a day that uh, that Cain looked at Abel and said, "Well, you're on my property to get off." And um, and apparently, you know, words were were given, and Abel ran off into the mountains, and he said, "Those are mine too," and went after him and killed him that way. So uh, there's there's some different, uh, uh, and obviously these are not biblical, but these are just uh, 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 some some legends or theories uh, that the Jews may have had in regards to uh, this passage. And you can also look in Jude, uh, who gives reference. Uh, to this. In fact, if you look at Jude, uh, I think it's verse, um, uh, hold on here, uh, verse, I want to say 11, but let me make sure here. Um, well, hold on. Um, well, where's it at? I could have swore. He's talking about, um, Let's see, let's tell, hold them, let's see, yeah, uh, verse, I was right, verse 11, <laughs> Look, I had it underlined, I still looked everywhere but where it was underlined, uh, verse 11, I woe to them, for they walked away in the way of Cain, all right, and abandoned themselves for the sake of grain of Balaam's error, perished in the chorus rebellion, but the main focus is, they, uh, for woe to them, for they walked away in the way of Cain, in other words, they, they, they walked in the way uh, of rebellion, if you will, uh, outside of of God's will. So that's kind of one way uh, to look at that. Now, uh, there was a, when it comes to envy, uh, get over here, I, uh, there was this little saying I saw in uh, Barclay's book. It says, envy leads to bitterness, bitterness to hatred, and hatred to murder. So now, that makes a lot of sense when it comes to envy and bitterness and hatred and murder. You know, we see how those things kind of go hand in hand. And how we see that in today's uh, uh, world, uh, how envy uh, goes to bitterness and that hatred, and then some ends up killing each other. But when I read this, uh, I know this may sound silly, but when I read this, where envy leads to bitterness and bitterness to hatred and hatred to murder, I could not automatically, when I read this, I could not think 
of Yoda, who says, fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. And then hate leads to suffering. I just, I don't know. Of course, I am the world's biggest geek. And uh, uh, that automatically, and I read that about envy and bitterness, uh, that popped in my head uh, immediately. So I apologize in advance, but <laughs> in, a, in a sense, it kind of mirrors one or the other. Still dealing with anger, still dealing with hatred, still dealing with bitterness, and still dealing with these kind of things that we're seeing here. And of course, we know that Lucas had a lot of New Age philosophies in, uh, when it comes to the Force, and we're not going to get into all that this evening. And I realize that there's a lot of things that, uh, that Lucas was had put into his uh, philosophy in regards to the force were very uh, anti-biblical uh, and Christian, but uh, but that I just got a little tickled when I read that. I couldn't help but think of of Yoda, but uh, but that's, that's the one thing we have to keep in check is our anger and our temper and our hatred and our bitterness. You know, that's one thing that we. Um, uh, we, I think you know, God's word tells us time and again that you know you keep your mouth shut, you're considered wise. You know, it's something I I know I can learn a lesson in. Uh, that we should have forgiveness and that we should have bitterness taken out of our heart. You know, we need to put those things away. And that's hard to do. It's easy to hold those grudges. It's easy to cling to that bitterness. It's easy to cling to those things uh, because it comes natural, because we're inherently selfish people. We're inherently prideful people. And so it's very easy to want to cling to those things that we know uh, are wrong. And so uh, that's why we have to work sometimes even harder uh, to have uh, that sense of forgiveness in our hearts towards those who would hurt us, and re, you know, would, that would call us names, that will mock us. It's hard to do. But that's something I told my dad here, long, here a while back. That's something I, uh, I'm not, not trying to act like a super Christian, but I work, and, I, and I'm not prideful of the fact, oh, look at me, I, I, I've overcome bitterness, and, and I'm, I'm super Christian. No, I'm not saying that. It's something I have to work on daily. There's people that come to my mind every single day. And if I allowed it, I could let that bitterness fester into hatred towards someone else. I don't want to kill nobody, but uh, it's just that it, it, we, it's something I have to work on every day because I refuse, I refuse to have that bitterness. I refuse to have that hatred towards somebody else because, first of all, I don't want anything to hinder uh, my relationship with Jesus Christ. I don't want anything to, to get in between me and God. And there's a lot of people, uh, and I will say a lot of people, but there are some people uh, that I, I've got some real problems with, but I have to pray about it. And I pray the Lord will put blessings upon them. I have to make myself do it. And when I think about some of the wrong that they've caused, I have to, I have to remind myself now, if you're remembering this, then that means you're not truly forgiven. If you're truly forgiven, then you've let it go, and you're not going to bring it back up again. Even if somebody else walks up and says, hey, I heard so-and-so, say, hey, I've already heard, I already know, I've already forgiven, let's go on. You know, And that's hard to do, because what happens when we have bitterness and hatred towards someone else? As soon as they come up and they start running that man saying, hey, I heard so-and-so, it's easy to fall right back into that and say, yeah, let me tell you what they done. And that's, that's when we got to back up, say, nah, man, I've let that go and go forward. It's hard to do. It really is. Take when somebody ticks you off on uh, social media. It's easy, you know, when you see a little keyboard warrior uh, to go find them and to express in person uh, your disdain for what they had to say. <laughs> so we have to be rude. Uh, in fact, I, I had a lawyer today where I wanted to do very that because someone got smart with me, but my wife helped me to find a reason. And uh, she reminded me that I was sick and uh, that I was a pastor and I had no, re no business doing that. So... Darn her. 
So, but anyway, uh, but that's why we have to keep our tempers in check and keep our mouths closed. It's very, very hard to do sometimes. So, but um, now, uh, you know, if you really, I don't know if you remember last time we met, uh, you know, I kind of glossed over verse 2 uh, of chapter 11. This is for by it the people of old receiveth their commendation. So, uh, and so that's why, you know, uh, that verse is really directly talking about what we're seeing here that about these men of faith. But one thing we need to see here is that, um, of course, we've read, by faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts, and through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. So, you know, you think, well, wait a minute, well, how is it that uh, he, if he died, how is it that he still speaks? Well, you know, we're all going to die, you know, every one of us. You know, it is it's just, a, you know, we all have a birth date, we all have a death date, it's going to happen, it don't matter what diagnosis a doctor gives you, it don't, you know, it's, you know, like you've heard my dad say before, there is no uh, surprises when you get to heaven. I mean, you're not, there's no way you're going to get there and God say, well, gosh, I wasn't expecting you for another uh, 20 years. What are you doing? I mean, it's not how it works. God has already predestined what we're going to, how long we're going to live. How long that's going to be, we don't know. That's why we, it's imperative that we live each day uh, to, its, to its fullest as if it were our last because one day it will be our last. So we need to live it to that respect. But see, uh, we leave something behind, uh, whether it's of good or whether it is of evil or bad. You know, your legacy, what you leave behind, can still speak about uh, volumes about who you were and how you treated people and what carries on after you uh, leave this earth. You know, I told my dad, uh, of course, I, I know it, he probably made him uncomfortable, and I, I got thinking, I thought, well, I, mean, I shouldn't have said that, but I uh, told him, I said, when I, when I die, I made a flash drive, and uh, I've made little videos that I want you, I mean, just for him or my wife and my kids, the things that I want them to hear and know. And I said, I even preached my own funeral. I said, I got it on video. And I said, that way you don't have to do a thing. You just stick that sucker in, play the sermon, you're good. You know, I've, I've already took care of that. But, um, you know, uh, I hope and pray that what I leave behind is uh, something of good, something that my kids can carry on. That uh, and what I want that to be is there is a love for Jesus Christ. See, that's what I want for my children. That's what I want to carry on after I'm gone off this earth. Is uh, for people for them to still have uh, have a zeal and a love for Jesus Christ. I want them. And I want people to look at me and say, "Wow, you know, he really loved the Lord. He was imperfect." He was a jerk, but he loved the Lord, and uh, and I hope and pray that that carries on uh, long after I'm gone. So we see here that though he died, he still speaks. Okay, and we see that um, uh, he was um, uh, his faith, his enduring faith. That even though it cost him his life, he he had that enduring faith, and that's what we're still able to read about what he what Abel done. All those many years ago, what he'd done in keeping the faith to God. And so that's why he is able to still speak. And that's why even after we're gone, aspects of our lives will still speak long after we're gone. So, you know, you might want to ask yourself, what am I leaving behind? What is my legacy? What, am, what is my life uh, going to demonstrate uh, long after I'm gone? 
And, uh, you know, uh, I think, you know, when we read that verse, you know, tramp a child away she go and they will not depart from it. Uh, you know, I think that carries on to, you know, if you're uh, the head of your household and you are seeing reading your Bible, seeing the, showing the importance of prayer, showing the importance of God's Word, showing the importance of God in your home, uh, that's why I'm saying I think those things will carry on. And if you're not doing those things, you know, it, it's kind of kind of makes, makes me think of the... Um, uh, song uh, the cats in the cradle with a silver spoon you know he, he he said when i grow up i want to be just like you dad well sure enough he grew up just like him you know he had no time for his son business was always calling he was always on his job he the son wanted to throw ball with him and when he, he tried to now that he'd retired he wanted to spend time with his son his son was just too busy doing all those things that uh, uh his excuses his dad used to give he said when he hung up the phone, he realized he was just like me. He realized his boy was just like him. And, you know, and that, so we don't want that negativity to carry on after we're gone. We want a positive uh, to carry on after we're gone. That when we hang up the phone with our kids, we can say, yes, they're just like me. They love Jesus Christ. They love the Lord. And that's going to carry on. And that's, that's what we need to see. And that's what that means. We see that here, that he still speaks, even though he was dead, even though that he had gone on to be with God, that he still was still speaking. What we're reading today, his faith was still being talked about even today. So I thought that was, I think that was very, uh, very important uh, thing to, to read and understand. Now we come to verse 5. It says, By faith Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as to having pleased God. All right, so we see that here. We're talking about Enoch. Now we can look at uh, Gen Sorry, say generation. Genesis 5.24. Uh, let me get over here. Whoops, went too far. Hold on here. Uh-oh. Trying to get this slide up. Now, all right. So now, let me get over here. And we see that Enoch, in Genesis 5.24, walked with God, and he was not for, uh, and he was not for God took him. Alrighty. So we see that passage there in Genesis 5.24. Now, when we look at the life of Enoch, there are some things that we need to understand and uh, know is the fact that he was um, Adam's great, 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 great grandson, and he was the grand, great, let's see, a great grandfather to Noah. All right, and he was the father of Methuselah. He had Methuselah when he was in about 60-something, and he lived over 300 years, uh, 365 years before God took him with him. And uh, it said that, uh, that Enoch walked so closely with God that his next step uh, was, uh, uh, was death, that he walked that closely with God. Now, uh, you know, that'd be great to think that we walked that closely with God. Uh, there is, uh, of course, you know, we talk about legends. We talk about uh, theories that are out there. Uh, there is the theory that uh, the angel of death come to Enoch and granted him three wishes, so to speak. And Enoch said that he wanted to uh, know what death was like and come back to life, uh, to see what uh, hell would be like, to see the punishment the wicked would be witnessing. Uh, and that, um, and so those those things were granted. And that the third wish was that uh, he would see paradise. And when he saw paradise, he never come back. Now again, that's legend. That's nothing biblical uh, by no stretch of the imagination. Now uh, there is the uh, the book of Enoch, 
And remember, it's, of course, it's it's uh, one Enoch as a pseudepigrapha uh, book. Uh, and I remember the pseudepigrapha is uh, is something that uh, uh, is is a uh, uh, shoot. Well, I went blank. Is um, <laughs> Just right there, dead my dog. Ready to say it, and it just went right out. Uh, it's not accurate. All right, I'll give that here and say it's not accurate. It's not inspired, uh, and uh, authorship a lot of times cannot be proven. Whereas the case in this, uh, that book of Enoch was not written by the biblical Enoch that we see here. Now we do see in Jude, as we were just reading a second ago, he does quote Enoch in in verse fourteen. Um, I believe it's fourteen or fifteen. He talks about he quotes from the book of Enoch. And uh, it doesn't give it the validation that it's inspired. The, the, the church fathers uh, understood that it was not inspired. It was not accurate. Uh, that it, it, you know, it could even be falsified. It could be um, uh, plagiarized. Uh, so that's why the, the pseudepigrapha books uh, cannot uh, be um, uh, counted on. So just because they may have used something from that, uh, maybe that one little snippet might have had some some aspects of inspiration to it but uh but you know we also see apostle paul in titus 1 12 uh epididymis i think it was uh, he quotes from that again doesn't give it uh, validation that it's inspired but they might have used that as an example for something uh or uh, again it might have been a small little little snippet in there so you you know we see we see that book of Enoch and that understand that that these these pseudop these books from the pseudepigrapha uh is is not uh inspired and has been uh, the church fathers found uh, that it had no relevance and therefore that's why it's not in the bible uh but uh, as far as the biblical Enoch uh, you know the some said that um He's the one that uh, actually uh, learned how to, to sew and to stitch and showed people how to skin animals and, and to use them as clothing. Uh, some said that he was the first to write things down and to uh, teach from books. Uh, some, you know, as, as the slide here showed a pair of shoes, that he's the first one uh, to make shoes uh, to demonstrate on how to use that. So I don't know if that's true or not. I know personally I love shoes. I get that from my dad. I cannot... Uh, uh, I love boots. I love tennis shoes. Uh, in fact, every time I catch, you know, look, Brandy catches me looking at a pair of shoes, uh, she has, she gets all me. So you've got enough shoes. You don't need any more shoes. And uh, you know, and there, there's there's the rare times where she says, "Well, if you want them, get them." But then I have to look at it and like, no. I keep wearing what I got now. There's no point in it, but uh, I get that from my dad. He's always been a big shoe guy, but uh, love love the shoes. But uh, so uh, you know, either way, uh, we see here. You know, we see that uh, Elijah was caught up in a fiery chariot and, and whisked away uh, to heaven. We see that Enoch walked with God, and uh, God took him on. He didn't have to face death. And so you know, when you look at death, you know, of course, we were just talking about a second ago. Several of our church members who are uh, uh, dealing uh, with death right now, uh, and uh, my heart goes out to them. I empathize and sympathize uh, with them and what they're having to deal with, and um, my prayers do go out to them, but, uh, you know, death, uh, it scares a lot of people, you know, and, uh, you know, to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord, and, you know, that's one thing as Christians, uh, you know, even though our soul is separate from our body, uh, we can take uh, that hope 
again, it's not to minimize pain. You know, we when Dad or I uh, do a uh, funeral, we talk about uh, you know we know that somebody is saved, man. That's oh man, it makes doing a funeral so much easier. It's not that you know we are we are being callous. Uh, to your pain, uh, but it makes it easier in the respect that uh, we know where that individual is. We can preach about heaven. We can preach about the glories of heaven. And for those who are saved, we, we can preach that you will see them again. When somebody tells us, well, I don't know if they were saved, that makes it difficult. And uh, and when somebody says, well, uh, you know, well, they wasn't saved at all. Well, one thing uh, that we can always tell them is that we never know what happens up until the last few minutes of death. Uh, you know, somebody could make that change before it's too late. You know, that's one thing we need to keep in mind. But um, until Jesus returns, we will all have to face death. And But here's the cool thing, that Jesus is with us through life and through death. We are never alone. Christ is always with us. He always walks with us, no matter where we're at. We're never alone. At no point, you know, I think some people think that when they die, they're going to uh, wake up in the ground, or they're going to uh, wake up uh, in, in, uh, uh, in darkness, and, and it's going to be scary and cold, and that's not how it works, you know? I don't know if you're going to see a bright light or not. I don't have a clue, but uh, uh, but I know no matter what you see when you do die, uh, whether it's a, 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 a tunnel of bright light, and you're walking in to heaven, I don't, you know, or if you're just, you know, to me, I think you're just immediately in heaven. That's what I think. And but no matter, you know, God is with us. Jesus is with us, no matter where we're at. So that's one thing, you know. Even though Enoch walked with God, uh, and and God just took him, and he did not have to face death. Uh, you know, our walk with God will continue, uh, even though it may not be physically uh, like Enoch. But God will be with us, no matter what. So that's one good thing that we have to look forward to is the fact that, you know, in fact, you know, there was um, the writer of uh, uh, Peter Pan. Uh, I knew I'd forget it, so I had to write it down. But J.M. Barry, I knew I'd forget it. So that's why there are certain things. But, you know, Peter Pan said that death is the greatest adventure. Uh, and, um, and, as, and, of course, I may not be saying that correctly, uh, paraphrasing, but it's something to that effect, that death's greatest adventure. But a close friend of, um, of J.M. Barry's um, was um, Charles uh, Froman. He actually died on the uh, uh, Lusitania uh, on May 7, 1915. He said, death, death is the, the greatest venture yet to be seen or something to that effect. In other words, you know, we don't know what death's going to be like. You know, uh, we uh, even Francis Bacon uh, had uh, had made mentions about uh, uh, this new adventure, this 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 death that we're going to experience. You know, I think that's what's kind of scary is the fact that uh, uh, because it's an experience we have not known. I think that's the scarier part. But every day, uh, it, you know, if you want to live like that, every day would be scary because you never know what each day is going to hold. And that's why we can take that great confidence, that knowledge, that understanding that uh, death may be, you know, an adventure in the fact that, you know, uh, traveling into the unknown, uh, that will be our last great adventure uh, is death. And, you know, and I'm careful uh, in my wording uh, because I don't want to make death sound uh, like it's glorified and if somebody's battling suicidal thoughts to say, oh, well, Matt said death is a, is a grand adventure, so, uh, so I shouldn't worry about that. No, uh, you know, taking your life is still considered murder. And, uh, and if you are battling dark thoughts, if you are battling uh, those, um, uh, the devil's putting in your head uh, the um, feelings of suicide, you need to get help immediately. 
You need to know that that, that is something that is wrong. That uh, you are a beautiful and wonderful gift that God has created. It is not meant for you to, to take that, that life. That life is precious. If you don't want it, give it to God. Give it to Jesus Christ. Long so way your life's going to be fulfilled. I know what it's like to fight depression. I know what it's like to be in that dark place. And sometimes you feel like that is the, uh, there's no way out. But you have to understand, if all you're doing is focusing on the sorrow, focusing on the problem, focusing on the, uh, on the bad decisions in life, focusing on the negative, see, you're focusing on the wrong thing. In fact, you're being very selfish. And uh, you may say, well, that's kind of snarky. Well, be that as it may, but you need to understand that is a selfish way to look at things. See, I was being selfish. Uh, when I find myself wanting to creep back into a depressive mood, I have to remind myself that is selfish because I know the one who's in control, and that is Jesus Christ. And I need to redirect my focus on what is important. I need to redirect my focus on God Almighty. I need to redirect my focus on Jesus Christ because he is the solver of the problems. And when I want to focus on my past to bring me down, I know that past has been forgiven. I know that I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus, and we have to keep moving forward. And so that's what pulls me out of that darkness, out of that, uh, that, out of that selfishness, because my focus is not on myself. My focus is not on the problem, but the problem solver and the one who's in control, and that is God Almighty. That is Jesus Christ. And that's why for those who are battling depression, and if you're battling any kind of suicidal thoughts, you need to redirect, redirect and put your eyes on God Almighty. And that's the only thing that's going to turn you around and get you out of that. I know what loneliness feels like. It stinks. I hated it. I know what um, uh, depression is like, and I know what it's like to have suicidal thoughts. I know, all right? So I like I'm just blowing smoke and giving some textbook definition of what you're supposed to do. I lived it. I understand it. I know it. And that's why I can say with all confidence, the only thing going to redirect to turn you around is God Almighty. So when you give your life to Jesus Christ, that's why we have, we have no reason to fear death, but because we have Jesus Christ walking alongside of us. And just as Enoch walked with God, we will walk with God. And so uh, one day Jesus Christ will return. And so we get to look forward to that. And we get to look forward to those who are saved, to his promises and to his glory. And so praise God for that. We get to look forward to that. Uh, verse 6. Let me get this up here. In verse 6. Let me see. Is that right? No. Oh, never mind. <laughs> I already had the slide up for this. I don't know what I was thinking. All right, let's go ahead and move forward. All right, um, let's see here. Um, verse 6, And without faith it is impossible to please him. Whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he, that he rewards those who seek him. All right, so we must believe that God exists. Now, uh, I done a devotion uh, last week, and actually that... Uh, uh, topic of discussion was talking about the existence of God. And uh, the illustration I used, I felt, uh, uh, was relevant to tonight's topic. And what I was discussing, uh, in, uh, and for those who, who heard that devotion, uh, you know, please forgive me for uh, repeating myself, but in 1961, uh, there was a Russian cosmonaut, uh, German uh, Titov, uh, is it was his name. Now, I'm sure my enunciation of that name is way off. I know is, is the name is spelled G H E R M A N T I T O V. So if I'm pronouncing that wrong, I apologize. But the point is, uh, he was the second cosmonaut to uh, go around uh, the Earth, and he said he went to outer space to seek God and found nothing. 
And then, uh, you know, when he's doing this press conference, in fact, it's a, uh, I forgot what the press conference was, Century 21 press conference, something like that. Uh, he was 20-something years old, 24, 25 years old. And uh, someone had quipped uh, very quickly and said, uh, well, if he stepped out of that hatch, he'd have found God real quick, you know, which is truth. But, you know, it's interesting, you know, uh, when you look at, at Russia and you look at their economy, you look at their philosophy, uh, you look at uh, uh, the basis of, of their um, uh, belief system uh, is an atheistic view. But you fast forward years later to uh, uh, you know, December 25th, uh, 1968, uh, you have three American astronauts who went to the dark side of the moon. And no, I'm not going to uh, sing Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon. But he went to the dark side of the moon. And what do they do? They quoted Genesis and said, For God created the heavens and the earth. See, God uh, was revealed. Uh, you know, they, they could see God's handiwork. Uh, his existence and what he had created, and, and they, they chose to go in the direction of what God's Word had to say. You see, you see the antithesis of the Russian cosmonaut, and then you see uh, the belief system of the American astronauts, uh, and the fact that they quoted uh, God's Word in that specific time and place. See, uh, Tidoff had, um, uh, had uh, went in search of God in space, but see, we, have, we can understand God in inner space. And we don't have to go to outer space to find God. We can find God right here. Now, of course, there's obviously, uh, you know, we can sit and discuss the, the cosmological, uh, the, 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 uh, uh, the uh, events of, of um, oh, why does it matter to me? Cause and effect. There you go. Uh, cause, cause and effect. I don't know what's the matter with me today. Uh, or, you know, you can look at the uh, telelogical, you look at the, the cosmological proofs of God's existence. Uh, we can look at the cosmological, teleological, uh, the ontological, uh, the, um, uh, the uh, uh, moral law. We can look at these things and understand the existence of God who reveals himself. And so that, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, we see in nature, you know, we can see that uh, the heavens declare the glories of God. In fact, um, there was, um, I don't know how many you remember the uh, encyclopedia, the, uh, the, was it the British, uh, oh, what's the 50s, 1950s encyclopedia, uh, the British, what is the name of that? My mind's went blank, but anyway, you know what I'm talking about. And uh, Mortimer um, Adler uh, was the one that helped uh, put those books, those series together. And they said that, um, they asked him why it was the longest part uh, of all the, the definitions of things that were seen, the largest part was about God. And he said, what else uh, needed the longest to, uh, I mean, he didn't even hesitate. He said, that's what defines us morally and, and guides us in our thinking and our walks and, and how we uh, relate to the world around us. And God's existence has have that direct effect on how uh, we do relate uh, to the world around us. And that... Um, we can look at John 6.37. Let me get this up here. In regards to what we're talking about here just a little bit. It says, And all that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. So, you know, God will, uh, uh, will uh, reveal himself uh, to those who want to, uh, to understand the things of God. If we draw close to God, he's going to draw close to us. And, um, and so, you know, we see here uh, also um, that not only does God exist, we look at John 6, 37, not only does God exist, but he cares for us, all right? And not only does he care for us, but he's involved in our lives. You know, God is not separate. God is not distant. 
God is actively involved in our everyday life. So that's why we can read this in John 6, 37. And of course, I, I put the New King James Version on here. But uh, all that the Father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. So we see that God does reveal himself if we uh, pursue him. And if you draw close to God, he's going to draw close to you. So again, we have that... Uh, uh, that, that um, uh, that inner space, not outer space, that helps us understand the things of God. Now, um, let me see here. I want also want to look at, uh, let's see, First Thessalonians. Go on here. Let me get this slide up here. Sorry. There we go. First Thessalonians 4, 15 through 18. Let me bring that up. Said, For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. So we see that... Uh, you know, we, we see God's Word, we're talking about these great men of faith, that we can uh, comfort each other uh, with, uh, with God's Word. Sorry, I don't mean to be distracted here. Well, there we go. All right. But I don't mean to be distracted here. I was trying to get that to, uh, video back up for the website. Uh, but we can read that there, that um, uh, when we see the verse 6, And without faith it's possible to please Him, for whoever draw near to God must believe that He exists, Reward those who seek Him. See, we seek God's reward. That when we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, that we will get to inherit those things of God. That we'll, when Jesus Christ, when He raptures us out of here, when He, you know, caught up, uh, uh, rapturo, uh, that we will get to have those, all those benefits uh, and the glories of the things in heaven. Now, um, I thought uh, there's another verse I was wanting to read. Let me see here. I'm trying to think which one it was. Well, my mouse over here. There we go. Uh, well, Romans 15, 4, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, and though endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. So there, I wanted to end on that note, that we have that hope, that we need to endure, that we need to be encouraged of the things of Jesus Christ. And uh, in Britannia, thank you, Bandy, Britannia is what I was trying to Encyclopedia Britannia. That's exactly what I was trying to think of. Thank you. Mine went, went blank. It's like I could see it in my head, but the, it's like my, my mouth wouldn't uh, allow it to uh, come into a uh, sitting zone. But um, anyway, uh, we see that we can be encouraged. And I think that's one thing in these latter, in these latter days. Sometimes zeal can turn into boredom, it can turn into apathy, uh, or you can see those who are uh, who have been apathetic place it be filled uh, with the things of God and, and their zeal restored. And I think right now it's easy to have that discouragement. Right now it's easy to uh, to give into the stress, the anger, the bitterness uh, that our world is seeing right now, the hatred the world is seeing right now. It's easy to want to give into those things. And that's why we need to encourage one another, lift each other up, uh, and understand uh, God's Word, His love, His understanding that God is there. That even though we see all this chaos going on, we may say, well, where is God? God is exactly where He's always been. And he, nothing's going to happen that is outside of His will. And these, some of these uh, rough things will have to uh, come about in order... Oh, sorry, guys on the website, I didn't realize I left that um, 
slide up. Hold on here. I can get my mouse to work. Here we go. Sorry. No? Wait. Okay. I got confused. All right. <laughs> Which happens easily. But, um, um, so that's why we need to encourage one another uh, with God's word. That we don't need to be afraid. We don't need to be scared. We can look at these men of faith who walked closely with God, who uh, who worshipped in faith, who done these things to glorify God Almighty. And so that's why we need to keep the faith. That's why we need to endure. That's why we need to persevere. And God, you know, faith, remember, it's not something we conjure up on our own. It's a gift of God. That's what God gives to us. And through his faith, we need to worship him daily. We need to fall on our knees daily. We need to draw close to God. In fact, uh, J.I. Packer, he just passed away uh, here just um, uh, a few days ago. He's 93 years old. And I uh, should have put up this uh, slide a minute ago, and I apologize that I didn't get a slide together, because to be honest with you, I just now thought about it. But um, I, uh, I really liked, uh, in fact, one of my professors uh, had um, put this on here, and I shared it, and I thought it was really good. Um, and of course, I wish we not be able to find it now. I thought it was a really good um, uh, quote from J.I. Packer. Hold on here. I got it right. Here it is. There's a difference between knowing God and knowing about God. When you truly know God, you have energy to serve Him, boldness to share Him, and contentment in Him. I thought that was a great, uh, great, great, great quote from mighty man of God. So, you know, you may know god but do you truly know god and that's going to make a big difference in your relationship with jesus christ will make a big difference in your daily walk you know uh, even your enemies will be at peace with you uh, when you're doing the will of the father so you know let's encourage one another let's build each other up and realize that we are not alone that our strength is not our own and we'll just, just stay the course let's be that light in this world of darkness understanding who god is and his great love, his great power that he is sovereign and in control of all these things. Let us have a word of prayer. Dear Father, Lord, we just thank you and love you and praise you. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful day that you blessed us with. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Uh, Lord, be with us each and every day. Help us to show a Christian attitude. Help us to show love and peace. Help us, Lord, not to be eaten up with envy and bitterness and hatred. Lord, let us strive to worship you daily. Uh, Lord, let us keep the faith. Let us stay true and stay strong. Lord, for someone watching this evening that doesn't know you, let him pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Lord, be with us, lead us, guide and protect us till we meet again. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you all for watching, and again, I appreciate your patience uh, for about Sunday evening, but Lord willing, we'll meet again this Sunday evening and uh, continue on in our study, and then the faith chapter of Hebrews 11, and we got a great lot of great stuff to still continue to study and look at, and I hope that you will uh, continue to join me uh, in, this, uh, in this adventure. All right. Well, I pray that you all have a good and blessed and wonderful day. Thanks for watching, and God bless.